0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Enterprise Doctor Business Show. My name is Mark Harris and I am Enterprise Doctor. I do advice and support for businesses and I have as my guest today, Jess Tyrrell of Toolshed. How are you, Jess? I'm good, Mark. How are you? Good. Yes, not bad at all. This is recorded on the 26th of May, so we've just had a lovely bank holiday weekend with super, super sunshine and everybody I've spoken to so far today is a bit sad to be back at work because it was really nice having a few days off. Does that apply to you too?
1: i I'm not going to answer that because it's sad how much I'm excited to be back at work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? That's okay. It's good to feel that way about your work. So speaking of your work, you work for an organization called Shed. So tell us a bit about what Toolshed is, what Toolshed does, and how you come to be involved with them.
1: Toolshed is the child of New Meaning. And New Meaning are an organization that specialize in behavior change. So David Lett is one of the co-founders of New Meaning, and he set up Toolshed back in 2015. So David had spent a lot of time in schools and young offender institute, and found that a lot of the young people he was working with, especially the young men, were kinesthetic learners. So these were bright entrepreneurial young men who just found an outlet for their skills and actually traditional education wasn't for them. It's great for a lot of people, but not for everybody.
0: Um, I'm, I'm going to pretend that I know what kinesthetic learning is. So just for the listeners, not for me, because I don't need educating, what's kinesthetic <laughs> learning?
1: So kinesthetic learning is learning by doing. There are three okay. main learning styles, visual, learning by seeing, auditory, learning by hearing, and kinesthetic learning by doing. Okay. Normally we have one that we're strongest in. What do you think yep. yours might be?
0: Oh, probably seeing. Mm. I, I like to see stuff happening and read stuff and watch the YouTube video and then I can go off and do it.
1: Mm. We actually have on our website a free test that you can do with your family, with your students, with anybody. Uh, it's, re- it's quite fun, actually. It's quite a nice little lockdown activity, asking questions and then there's a little mark sheet and you can... Uh, work out what type of learner you are because it can make a
0: massive massive difference i um, i already like that and i want you to send me a link direct to the kinesthetic learning test and i will put that link in the podcast notes so that the listeners can go straight to it and do that if they want to so forgive me i interrupted you you, you have learners who for whom kinesthetic learning is is the, which we now all know is about learning by doing why didn't you just say that? That would have saved five minutes. But no, then I wouldn't have learned something. <laughs> so what, how do you work with those people?
1: Yeah, really good question. So that's kind of how Toolshed came about, was David thinking, right, how can we engage these young people and use these skills and these talents and harness them really, really cleverly and actually fundamental to the whole of Toolshed's ethos is built on a foundation of behavioral change. So David is a trained and qualified psychologist and all the training that we offer is alongside this self-discovery. So the young people understanding themselves, including their, their learning styles, understanding their strengths, understanding about themselves and actually, therefore, understanding about others as well. So, said to was born in 2015. We were training young people in plumbing, painting and decorating, carpentry, and these self discovery behavior change modules alongside it, as well as English and maths. So, we were doing this for a couple of years. Um, started a handyman service to go along with it, where our learners, when they were doing well, got to go out and be paid, paid work experience under the guidance of a qualified tradesman
0: or okay. tradeswoman. Okay.
1: And became very successful. Unfortunately, we spent a lot of our time more as taxi drivers because our young people couldn't drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was successful it worked really well for the young people the quality of work was good but we were spending too much time driving around so david being the most resilient entrepreneurial man i've ever met was wow. like, right what can we do so believe it or not mark we got into house building house building yep and okay. we now have a team of qualified builders Leading our trainee tradies, as we call them, (laughs) uh, building houses, which is just incredible. We were finding we were getting approached more and more and more by young people who wanted to come on our course. They've had it works and they really wanted to be part of it, but actually, they didn't want to become a tradesperson. Not last September, but the September before that. We set up a program where, again, with our same bedrock of self discovery and the young people understanding their strengths, understanding their skills, we now run a program which three days a week where they get to go and do work experience in the industry of their choice, in the career that they really want to get into. And then we have one day a week where they have one on one tutorials in maths and English alongside this coaching role where we work really closely with them to find out about themselves.
0: Very and, interesting. So it's very much mm-hmm. personal development for them as well as career or profession development. From the yeah. working perspective, how do you let go? How do they move on? Do they, do they feel ready to become a plumber, a glazier, a builder, whatever it is, and they say, thanks very much, we're going to move on now? Is that the sort of the progression?
1: Yeah, so the majority of our young people will then go on to apprenticeships, huh. whereas we now have eight of our trainee tradies uh, working full time for us it depends what they want to do some of them some of the young people come with us and actually decide do you know what I really enjoy let's say doing my years work experience out of hairdressers but what I really really want to do is I want to own a hairdressing salon so I'm going to go back to college I'm going to study business and then I'm going to go and do work in a hairdresser's but know that in 10 years time I want to own that that salon
0: fabulous Um, and when you first that that's the end game is somebody has a dream a passion they have the they've developed personally to the point that they can do that what's what's the beginning of that journey what kind of place are people in when you first meet them
1: That's a great question. We have a real range. There's some people that come to us and they really, really do not know. They don't know what they want to do. They have a fairly good idea sometimes of what they don't want to do. (laughs) Um, So we'll spend a lot of time working with them before they get their work placement to really work out, okay, what is it? Do you know, I often, Mark, I often liken us to a dating agency. Okay. Spending a lot of time working out, okay, what's the young person's strength? What's their personality? Where are they going to suit? What are we looking for here as the whole package? And then once we're really clear on that, going out and thinking, okay, what type of boss would they need? What kind of environment do they need in the workplace? really making sure that when we do make that match, it's as suited as possible. So we get that, that end of the spectrum where they don't know, and we spend a lot of time with them working that out, to young people coming to us. Actually, they are desperate to leave school because all they have ever wanted to do is work in marketing or be a nursery nurse or be a mechanic, you name it. They know what they want to do and they are just itching to get out
0: there and do it. Okay. That sounds fabulous. It does not sound to me like toolshed is a business in the traditional sense of the word. Mm. I don't say that in any kind of a negative way. I'm saying in a complimentary way.
1: Yeah. Well, we are a social enterprise. Okay. So like every business, we have to make a profit to survive. It was a decision that David spent a long time thinking about. Should he set up as a charity or a social enterprise? And in the end, it was a very clear, very, very clear for him that a social enterprise was the way forward. It was really important that we have to make a profit. And yes, with a social enterprise, we're investing that profit back into social good. In our case, it's a social good it doesn't have to be it can be environmental it can be any cause really of your choosing but yeah the importance of having to make a profit we work alongside a lot of businesses we have a house building arm which let's face it is very much a profit driven business absolutely absolutely
0: but with very much with that doing good as a and i'm not saying that my tongue is nowhere near my cheek when i say that doing good is a really good thing as the driving force. I think it's interesting that you said he, he had a lot of difficulty at the beginning. It was an interesting decision, charity or social enterprise, but you didn't put the third choice of a business in there. Just, just running a business to make money wasn't at any point the goal.
1: Mm, yeah, that's a really good point. I think a business has its place. I think for this, a social enterprise was the clear winner having to really focus on profit and make sure it's successful but at the same time ensuring that that profit is reinvested into that social good
0: yeah i i absolutely see the benefits of that if you'll forgive me i'm going to say that as a social enterprise you Take a lot from business. So you have a a PNL and a balance sheet. You focus on making a profit to reinvest it for good reasons. You do marketing. You have staff on the payroll, so there are HR issues. You or not HR issues. There are HR matters to deal with. In so many ways, you are running something. It's not a business. I get this a social enterprise, but it's running the business like way. And you take a lot from business in terms of good marketing skills, good leadership skills, all of those different things that you replicate what a good business would do. What I want to do is just turn that round on you. If I'm a business, I can see what you're taking from business and the world of business. What about the other way around? I'm running a business. Lots of people run businesses. What can they take from a social enterprise to make their businesses better in the same way that you're taking from business concepts to make your social enterprise better? Great question. Really great question. I'm really good at the questions. It's the answers I struggle with. Me too. (laughs)
1: Um, I think there's a lot, and I love the way you phrased the question because it's absolutely a two way thing. You know, we can both learn from each other, can't we? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. what can a business take from a social enterprise? I guess in some ways, some businesses already do with the CSR uh, agenda, where corporate they've got
0: social responsibility. That.
1: Absolutely, the corporate social responsibility. I guess that's kind of taking a slice of the social enterprise and putting it in the business context. I guess it's appreciating and where we're taking from businesses the fact that we need a profit. But for us, that's not the only driver. The driver for us is also people, whether that's internal and external, because we're a social enterprise that's investing back in people but as i said earlier that could be environmental or any other good whatever we put under that umbrella Mm -hmm. and i guess for me one of the really big things is having that conversation that profit's important hey none of us are here without profit are we let's not take away from that and let's not but you know let's make sure we're really appreciating the importance of that but actually, that doesn't mean there can't be other really, really strong, and in our case, equally strong drivers alongside that. Yeah. Um, and rather than corporate social responsibility being a slice, I appreciate for some businesses it's a much bigger slice than others. I would be cheeky enough to say, okay, well... It doesn't have to diminish from the profit. doesn't have to diminish from that. How could it add to that? What could it bring to you to have a driver that's as great as that driver for your profit, but for something else alongside
0: it? Okay. I am very happy that one of us is good at the answers. (laughs) That was a really good answer that some businesses out there will hopefully be thinking quite carefully about the extent to which they their business does good things they can't see me doing little air quotes around the good things but i'm doing the the good things and a business is there to make money full stop Mm -hmm. but that doesn't have to be the end of the story and a business can do things to make money and also do good stuff as well so I think that they can learn an awful lot from social enterprises and indeed from from Toolshed and from the things that you said. If businesses are thinking this Toolshed idea is interesting and I'd like to know a little bit more about how I could become involved with them, two questions really. One is why would they become involved with them what's what's sort of in it for them what are the advantages of of picking up the phone or sending you an email and what sort of businesses you know you mentioned house building is it builders and plumbers that you want to hear of or what sort of businesses would you like to be encouraging to get in touch with you
1: so i'll start with the why what's in it for them why would businesses want to get in touch with with us Mm -hmm. and i guess the honest answer is it's Completely dependent on you as a business. So it could be that you are looking for some work experience or thinking about an apprentice, or you are wondering, especially in the current circumstance, but relevant at every stage, in my personal belief. Hmm, okay. So we offer three days a week for a year. So you are getting consistency. This isn't your...
0: Okay, sorry. Let's just rewind. When you say work experience, I imagine a 15-year-old for a week in my business. Mm. You're mm. talking three days a week for a year? For, yeah. free? for free? For free. For free. Tell me more.
1: Exactly. This isn't the school work experience. You get a week and then you're gone. This is an investment, and I make no bones about it, Mark. It's an investment from your point of view as a business as well, an investment of time, because the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. Okay. But you have a 16, 17, 18-year-old. We do go up to 24, but mm-hmm. the majority of the young people we work with are 16, 17, 18, and three days a week. Those three days are Agreed between you, so it's no set three days. We have young people in barbershops and hairdressers and in places where actually two of those three days are on the weekend. Uh, So that's those three days are we come to agreement between us. And yeah, you will get a young person who will they are, and this for me is absolutely critical. They will be matched to you. We take a lot of time to make sure that young person is as suitable. I'm not going to say perfect, but as suitable as possible. We look at the environment. We look at your managing style. We look at location because let's face it, our young people don't drive yet. So how easy is it to get to, to you? We will look at the whole picture before we
0: make that match. That sounds, that sounds amazing and, and an incredibly broad range of businesses and skill sets that you're interested in engaging with. What sort of scale of response would actually be a problem for you? You know, if if as a result of this podcast or or marketing you do or whatever, you know, if you get 30 businesses get in touch, do you have enough young people to to deal with that? If if a hundred do, if if two hundred do, can you cope with the demand? Is 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 the demand the issue. You've got plenty of, if you'll forgive the word, supply.
1: Well first of all I love this blue sky thinking this is amazing <laughs> um so yeah to go back to your your previous point anybody any businesses this isn't just construction and builders this is our young people want to get into a whole wide range of places. We've even had a young person wanting to get into embalming dead bodies within funeral directors. I mean, that wasn't possible, but she did work at a funeral directors. So there is no business that we don't want to hear from. In terms of actually demand and supply now, as you can appreciate when you're trying to make the match – we're not always going to have a match for you, but that doesn't mean that we won't take the time to really understand your business and understand who would be suitable and we will put you on our database and when that young person does come to us, we will get in touch. So I'm not making the promise here that you get in touch with me and I will have your perfect work experience young person ready and waiting. However, I will make the promise that when I do approach you about a young person, I will have spent the time making sure that they're as suitable as possible.
0: Okay. And is there a web page on your website that, that talks specifically about this program? Yes, there is. Okay. So if you can send me the link to that, I will also yeah. put that in the podcast notes so that people can click straight on that and or touch with their finger depending on the nature of their device and can read all about it and you know what i asked my guests lots of questions as you have discovered in the last 15-20 minutes i want to ask a question now of the listeners so prick your ears up listeners this is a real live question for you Why would you not engage with Toolshed? Why would you not want somebody capable, intelligent, willing, good worth ethic for three days a week for a year for free? And you know what? There are reasons not to do that. I am a solopreneur, I work from home. I don't get how that would be appropriate. But if you have any number of employees above one, then why would you not want to do this? Sounds like a plan for me. Do me a favor. Click on the link. Talk to Jess. I know she would love to hear from you. And on that note, I think it's time to draw this to a close. Jess, this really has been an education for me. I know a lot more than I knew before. So thank you for that. I hope you found it in some way interesting and enjoyable.
1: Oh, it's been amazing. I really enjoyed it.
0: Good. I like that. And you know what? I hope your phone is really hot after this. And even if only one person picks up the phone, and says, I heard you on the podcast, tell me more about that program, then I think that's 20 minutes well invested by both of us. And if listeners have learned some stuff about social enterprises, then that is good too. All of Jess's contact details and information about Toolshed are in the podcast notes. So you can go there and have a look if you're interested in chatting with me for feedback about this episode, about the podcast in general. Or indeed about the mentoring and coaching that I do for a living, then my contact details are also in the podcast notes. But for now, on what is a lovely blue sky, sunny day, I'm going to say thank you very much for listening. This is Mark Harris signing off.